Last Sunday, we thank the Lord for the word that we have heard from Sister Salve. And it was a reminder for all of us to honor our mother, our mothers. And, and it's an encouragement to remind that how our mothers have, loved, have laid down their life for, for all of us. And today, we'll be returning to our rebuilding series. And for this month, we'll be focusing on the rebuilding of the church. Two weeks ago, we had Pastor Ray, who started this series by establishing the foundation of the church, that Jesus will build His church. And as we continue on with this topic, Rebuilding the Church series, let us first, once again, define what is a church. Wayne Grudem, in Systematic Theology, says, a church is the community of all true believers of all time. The church is a community of all true believers for all time. It means it's people who accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Ngayon, in all time, it means those in the past and even until today. So those who have accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior. It's a community of people. And church in Greek is ex ecclesia, and it means to identify the community of believers in Jesus Christ. It means assembling together or coming together, a literal meaning of it. Now, why did I have to highlight this? Because we have to remove the idea that church is a building. Church is a structure. We have to remove that idea because a church is people gathered together, people who love God, people who accepted God as their Lord and Savior, accepted Jesus, who surrendered their life. That is a church. It's a group of people not a structure. Therefore, when we talk about church, it is about people, not the building. But the question is this. We said rebuild the church. Rebuilding the church. Have you ever un un asked, what then do we need to rebuild when you talk about rebuild the church? How can we start? Normally, when we encounter such question. Oftentimes, we think of an action we need to accomplish or an activity that we need to do. Many sincere Christians, even Christian leaders, will answer this question, this question, we need to rebuild the church, by focusing on the doing part of the church. For example, let me give you an example. When we said rebuilding the church, some of us may think of this, more training, more classes, more evangelism, more mission efforts, more programs, and more fellowships. Well, those, what I had, those lists of activities that I have mentioned, there's nothing wrong with all those things. All of those are very important aspects in a church life. However, we often get confused and neglect key priorities on why the church exists. You know, brothers and sisters, the church's first priority is God. The church is for Christ. Wayne Grudem, in his book, Making Sense of the Church, he wrote, one of the main purpose, crucial, important purpose of the church was to minister to God, to worship Him, to serve Him, to live a life for Christ as an individual, as a community. Adoring God, loving God, glorifying God, 
honoring Him in every details of our life. Therefore, if we desire to rebuild the church, the first thing we need to do is to set our priorities right. And to prioritize is to focus first, is to focus on God and to return to Him. I've entitled this sermon, The Church's First Priority, Putting God First. And we'll be looking into selected verses in the Scripture today, a few number of verses. So let me read these verses to you. In Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, it says, Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out of under the burdens of Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who have brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Now let's jump to Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 26. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will set them in their land and multiply them, and set them my sanctuary in their midst forever. Verse 27, my dwelling place shall be with them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. In Jeremiah 24, verse 7, I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and, that, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. In New Testament, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a be the believers shared with unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And last, Revelation 21. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that this opportunity we have, though we might not be able to gather, that we are in our respective homes, we know, Lord, that your spirit can, we can move mightily. And I pray, Lord, during this time, as we hear your word, may you open our hearts. May we hear your voice, Lord God. Lord, I pray there will be encouragement. At the same time, Lord, if any one of our hearts are hard, Lord, I pray that you soften them. Remind them, Lord, who we are as a church. May we always prioritize you. Because as we prioritize you first, the rest will follow. So salamat po, Panginoon, for this afternoon we have. May you speak to us. Holy Spirit, it is you, Lord, that can touch our hearts and our mind, our inner being. So we surrender this afternoon to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You see, you notice that the verses that we are looking today came from various passages, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. 
And as we look closely, we notice there's a common theme that was being emphasized. And that is, I am, I will be their God, and that they shall be my people. Those statements, those praises was repeated in those chapters. You know, there are more verses in the Bible that speak the same truth or same theme, which I'm unable to include um, in, in our slides or present it to you today. You know, interestingly, I did a quick research uh, in the, went on the website that a research of I will be their God, and I found 24 times it was mentioned in one of the English translation, an NASB translation. You see, when we study the scripture, when a particular phrase or an idea was repeated various times, it means it has a great importance. We could, should not skip it. It's very important. The same time as I look in this text, what amazes me is this. Not only it was repeated many times throughout the scripture, it was mentioned in different scenarios in every different stages in the life of God's chosen people. Let me give you a small chart. The Old Testament and the New Testament. Here is a small chart. I, I mentioned there's a lot of verses that focuses in this, this idea that I will be their God and they shall be my people. First, I showed you Exodus chapter 6 at the beginning. And then after that, Jeremiah 24 verse 7. And then Ezekiel 37. And then we read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, which is a letter by Paul to the Corinthians. And then John wrote in Revelation 21 verse 3 what he saw. So we look at here, all throughout the scripture, this same idea, this same verse or concept or theme was repeated many times. This is just a few verses, but there's more. Now look at this. At the start, it was mentioned. At the end, it was mentioned. It began with how God people God's people began, how they were selected. And at the end, how it ended. But in between, it was continually being reminded to God's people. Continually being reminded, I will be their God and they shall be my people. With this overview, we can simply conclude that our relationship with God is the greatest, is the most important aspect of our walk in our life. It's of great significance, and we should never neglect it. Therefore, at this time, let me suggest three principles on how we, His people of God, put God as the main priority of our life as we rebuild the church. For us to place God as our priority, we are to remember who He is and who we are. For us to place God as our priority, we have to examine our lives. Lastly, we have to look ahead and see the promises of the Lord in our lives. First principle is this. For us to make God as our priority, we need to remember who He is and who we are. Each time, we, I mentioned, each time we notice a certain theme or theological concept that's constantly being repeated in the Scripture, for us to understand it, the best way is to, to return 
to the first place it, it was first mentioned. This is called, in, in hermeneutics, in, in studying the scripture, is the law of first mention. When was this particular text or praise mentioned? You see, if you look at the text in, in the scripture, it was first mentioned when God was making a covenant with Abraham. Let me read in Genesis 17, verse 8. God said to Abraham, I will give you to you and to your offspring after you the land of your, your sojourning, all the land of Canaan for everlasting possession, and I will be their God. This is God's promise to Abraham. The second time it was mentioned is when God was rescuing his people from God's, from the captivity of the Egyptians. And we can look in our text in Exodus chapter 6. He says here, Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens in Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them and I will redeem you. In verse 7, I will take you to, the, to be my people and I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who have brought you out from under the burdens of Egyptians. You see, in these following verses, two things we are being reminded of. First, who God is. And second, who we are. Who God is. I would like to read, I, I did not flash it in the screen. In verse 5, it says here, Moreover, have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. And then another one in verse 8. I will bring you in the land which I swore to give Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give you the possession. I am the Lord. The first here that we have been reminded is who God is. That God is a God who is faithful to his promise. Second is a character that he is merciful. He heard the cry of his people. And then said, I will rescue you. Even though we, we don't, they don't deserve it, I will rescue you. In these verses, it highlighted his grace. It also highlighted his mighty acts. He, he said, I will deliver you. He also highlighted his judgment, his great acts of judgment, his power, his greatness. It's also highlighted that God in this text is their Savior. So first thing we notice in this verse is this. We are being reminded who God is. And the other side is this, we are also being reminded who we are, that we are helpless, that we can never save ourselves, but yet out of God's mercy, out of God's grace, he, he said to them, I will take you to be my people. I will be your God, and you shall know I am the Lord your God who brought you out from Egyptians. See, what God said, even though you don't deserve it, I will show you mercy. I will still choose you because I made a promise. I will keep my promise. I will identify myself with you and you will be my people and you will be mine. The other verses, it says that you will be my treasured possession. You see? Who God is and who we are. Not only that, as we understand who we are, not only that we recognize that God has chosen us and that we are his treasured possession, but here there's one word, 
one word there, He is Lord. That we are also under His Lordship, His Kingship, and Rulership. It simply say, as we know who He is, know who we are, our lives belong to Him. Therefore, it reminds us in Exodus at the beginning who God is and who we are. You know, brothers and sisters, have you ever pondered the root cause why some Christians don't live a life that honors God and worship God? Kaya tanong sa atabi mo, ay wala pala akong kausap. Konti lang. Have you ever pondered why, why some people, though they've been Christian for a long time, they, it seems that they don't, they don't honor God or worship, live a life that worship God. Now, worship is not just singing, but a life that would glorify God by the way you speak, the way you act, the way you do your work. Have you ever asked why, why some, some of us have lost the excitement to experience God's presence? Or to read His Word and to take time to pray. You know, it all points in one thing. We have forgotten who God is and who we are before Him. We experience this term, spiritual amnesia. na. And because of that spiritual amnesia, we have forgotten who God is and who we are in, before Him. We have lost our focus and we have lost our identity as God's people. You know, a few days ago, I was listening a podcast. And this is the podcast that I was listening. And the question is there, what is the biggest issue the church will face in this decade? And a few pastors were talking about it and they come up with a conclusion. You know what's the main issue that many churches will face in these coming years? Forgotten identity. Either the world-defined church or worldly view-defined church or what they do, they do define who they are. They said here, the danger for the church to lose their identity to lose who they are, who God is in their life is the most dangerous thing or else the world will define us. Brother and sister, if we desire to rebuild the church, may we never forget who we are in Christ. We should never forget who God is and who we are to Him. I pray that the Lord will convict us na hindi lang tayo routine ng Christian faith, but we will be convicted niya. Who is the Lord of my life? And who am I? Am I living under His Lordship? Am I living a life enjoying His presence? Remember this, our identity. Therefore, we need to remember who God is. For us to place God as our priority, we are to remember who He is. Secondly, for us, to make God as our priority, we need to re-examine our lives constantly. I mentioned in the graph that I've shown earlier, many times when the prophets at the center, you see, Exodus in, the, in, the, in between, 
many times when the prophet used, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Interestingly, it's, it's, it's a different situation. It was a situation that God was calling them to return. To give them a hope of restoration. Let, let me give you an example in Ezekiel. In verse 27, my dwelling place shall be with them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. When Ezekiel said this, he was speaking to, God, to God's people when they were exiled in Babylon. But he was reminding them who they are. But at the same time, as they were reminding them who they are, they're calling them to humble themselves and return to God. Now in Jeremiah, he says, I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God. What's the context? What's happening here? You know, Jeremiah was preaching to a group of people in Judah who is hard-headed, disobedient, not listening to God's commandment. And he's saying this. What's the purpose? Is to call them back, remind them who they are, and to call them back to return to God. Now, in the New Testament, we also saw Paul writing to the churches many times, telling them to return and who they are, to examine themselves. In 2 Corinthians, I have read earlier on, in chapter 6, do not be equally yoked with unbelievers. For the partnership with the righteousness is lawlessness, with lawlessness. See, Paul was emphasizing here, you know what, church, in Corinthians, you cannot mix both. Christians are not to bomb be together with non-Christians in a spiritual experience. You cannot mix true theology and then false theology, it would be mixed both. Hindi pwede. That was what Paul was emphasizing at the time. Because in Corinthians, parang, a Corinthian church is with, mixed with so much people. Megan, may mga pagan worship doon. But now they were tempted to be with them, to, merge, to put both the Christian, Christian faith in the pagan worship. Paul was telling them, hindi pwede yan. You cannot mix both. Now, you apply it to our life. We cannot live a life here, Christians, a church, pero sa labas, may sungay. Hindi pwede. Hindi tayo pwede dahil nag, nag, hindi pwedeng double life. You see, Paul and the apostles in the New Testament, you see them calling his people to examine their lives. There's so many verses that I would like to highlight. Because if we desire to rebuild the church, it is crucial for us to examine our lives constantly. Now, let me give you a list of areas that we need to check on. Here, do we trust God's promises and plan? When you're going through tough times, do you hold on in His promises or do you just depend on, on your own ability? So I can hear, is, let's examine with this list. Do we neglect our time of prayer with Him? We're so busy with life that we have no time to just pause and say, thank you. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Do we harbor hidden sin? May tinatago ba tayong kasalanan dyan? Hindi makakita ng pastor, hindi makakita ng care group leader mo, pero may tinatago ka pala. 
Examine our lives. Do you decide to deliberately disobey God? You know, God gave us a choice to make decision. And at that time, the Holy Spirit will convict us in deep way but you deliberately follow your own flesh. Examine our life. Do we run from our calling? All of us are called by God. At the same time, all of us, some of us might be used for, for ministry. All of us are called to serve. But are you keeping the gift that you have? And keeping it and not willing to surrender it before God so that people will be edified? Do you disregard God's correction? When God convicts you, do you surrender and come to the Lord in humility and say sorry? Or you just go on and live life? Lastly, do we ignore God's word? See, the reason why I put the last one, do you ignore God's word, is because of this. I purposely put that one, that, that particular word, ignore God's word, is because I want to show you a video. You see, many of us now are in online worship, online worship service. Many of you will be sitting down there because, and, and uh, hopefully, hindi to nyo gagawin. Kasi, eto, I just want to show you. Some of us might be, re, you know, can relate to this video. Praise you, Lord, yes. Praise you, Lord. Praise. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the love that saves us. Yes, your love, Lord, that saves us. We worship, we worship you with our hearts. We worship you in spirit and in truth. No sugar. And for those who are, who are at home today, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us virtually and physically. So I encourage everyone, there are more seats reason why I showed you that video baka some of you are tulog na you know if you love God you would be attentive to his word lalapit ka lang sa Diyos hingi ng hingi magpipray ka pag may problema nothing wrong, important yun pero pag nakakinig ka ng salita ng Diyos tutulugan mo siya Ikaw kaya may date. 
Nagde-date kayo. Yung kasama mo nasa telepono lang magdamag. Masasaktan ka. All of us at our home, in our convenience of our home. Examine our lives. Some said, we, I was talking to a care group leader, sabi na isang-isang care group leader, uh, busy daw habang nakinag ng sermon, busy daw maglaba. And then another one said, habang service, nakakatulog, then pag-gising, ng, pagkatapos ng service, magising, inom ng kape, manunood ng tulfo, gising na gising. The condition of the heart. Let us examine ourselves if our hearts are true before the Lord. Respect His Word. Give reverence to His Word because He wants to speak to your life through His Word. Let us re-examine our life. First, for us to place God as a priority, let's remember who we are and who He is. Second, let us re-examine our lives. And lastly, to make God as our priority, we need to look ahead, anticipate a hopeful future. You know, I have just concluded a class in my Bible school, Christian Heritage, which is the same as our IBI Church History. By the way, do join Church History. My IBI class, not tayo, very good siya. You will know what, ha- what has happened to the church, early church. You know, when I have just concluded, I was wondering how the early church were able to continue in their faith despite of the persecution and hardship that they were going through. You know, one reason why they were able to go through and be, be on fire for the Lord is because they were constantly looking ahead. They know that, that the future is good you know, in our life, we have limitation. Our sight is only here. Even now, we, the way we see our life, the way we see our future, ganyan lang. Hindi mo makita ahead. We can only see certain limitation. But you know what? The scripture has shown us how it will end. And we read it in Revelation 21. We read here. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them and he will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Verse 4, look at this. And he will wipe away every tears from their eyes. And, they, and death shall be no more. Neither shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the moment things has passed away. Such a comforting words that will give us peace and hope. As we look ahead, we know that we will be with God as His people. Same time, we know that the suffering that we are going through right now is just temporary. That we are, what the thing that we are experiencing right now will not last. But at the end of it, we'll be with God and God's dwelling with us. 
early morning prayer this morning, Brother Richard shared an encouraging word message with all the things happening. And if you read in the news, where can we find hope? In the Middle East, may guerra. COVID-19 cases, sa Pilipinas, sa India, dumadami. In Singapore, now we're in phase two, hindi maatin sa church. Sa Pilipinas, ganun din. People, loved ones are dying. See, all those things will drown our heart, will consume our heart. But despite of all these things happening in our lives, as we look at this verse, it reminds us that everything in this world is temporary and it will end. But everything will be fine at the end. May these promises from Revelation give us peace, hope, and assurance. There is one quote that Billy Graham has said. He said this, I have read the last page of the Bible. It's all going to be turned to turn out all right. The scripture has said, it has concluded that we will be with him and that there will be no more suffering. Look ahead. As I summarize this text, for us, place God as our priority as we desire to rebuild the church. We need to remember who He is and who we are in Him. We need to re-examine our lives. At the same time, to look ahead with assurance and anticipation. You know, at the beginning, at, at the end, the chart that I showed you, God's Word stands. He said this, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. To conclude, because of the rise of COVID-19 cases here locally, today we just started our phase two heightened alert, and we were forced to put on hold our physical service. Kaya nandito, konti lang kami, ating streaming team, and we thank God for the lives. We just decided as leadership to make sure the safe to everyone. Personally, I was disappointed. Dahil, of course, in the past months, in past week, people have been coming to church. And iba tagsama-sama tayo. Iba pag nagpupuri tayo sabay-sabay. Iba pag nag-aaral tayo. Together. It, it's disappointed me. In, because there's a momentum. And I was, when I was, now, tingnan mo, kaya yung video dyan. Tingnan natin, tingnan yung, ngayon yung place na to. Papakita ko lang, habang nanonood ka, kayo. Walang katao-tao. Patay ilaw. empty seats. But I know you're watching. But you know, when I was preparing this sermon, 
I'm being reminded of one thing. Despite that we are not able to come and do church in our usual way, we can still be the church as we put God as our main priority, our main pursuit. The doing of church may change. We don't know when we can gather again or we have a big group. We don't know when. But the being church, being who we are, is unchanged. We can still seek God in our homes, in our workplaces, in everywhere we are. We can still be the church. And I pray at this time that we will come and examine our hearts before the Lord. And ask God, Lord, I'm just merely doing church. I pray that we desire to be the church that will honor and seek Him with all our heart. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today that you have reminded us of who we are to you and who you are. And even, Lord, that as we desire to rebuild the church, Lord, may remind us that our first priority is you. Lord, I pray that we will take time to examine our lives, to come before you. If we have been lax, Lord, being comfortable in our spiritual walk, have no more zeal to pray and we have neglected your word I pray that you awaken us O Holy Spirit Holy Spirit come and work in our lives so that we will put you first the same time Lord as we put you first remind us to look ahead some of our brethren, some of us are struggling, are going through a tough time. But we know, Lord, the suffering that we are going through are temporary. The battles that we are facing will cease. Because we know at the end of it, we will be with you. May you teach us to always have that vision to look ahead being with you. Salamat, Panginoon. At this time, we come, we ask, we just come to the Lord and open our hearts to God in our deeper places.
longing just to play something that's so good to bless your You search deeper. You search much deeper within. You're waiting something. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back, Lord. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I may do. But it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you. King of Endless. could express how much you deserve the one we can fool all I have is yours every single breath I bring you more I'll bring you more than a song for the song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You looking into my heart. I'm coming back, Lord. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. Yes, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I may do. When it's all about you, yes, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you. Jesus, I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I may do. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Lord, it's all about you. Your church is yours, Lord. Your church is the bride. It should belong to you. Our lives belong to you. And I pray, oh God, that as we desire for revival, as we desire to rebuild the church, may you begin in each one of us, in each one of us in our hearts, Lord, Draw us back to you. 
Salamat Panginoon for this day that we can study your word and bring us back to you. Salamat Panginoon. Let's just receive the benediction. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generation, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us in our online worship service. Hopefully, you will join us once again next week sa ating online worship service. Remind you, later po at 4 p.m., we would like to invite you to join us sa online prayer gathering at 4 p.m. via Zoom. God bless po.